No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we pick up where we left off with Joseph in Egypt at the home of Potiphar. It is a fascinating story of how God remained with Joseph through the worst of times. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 39 on Simply the Bible. As we look at the life of Joseph, we see a man who faced many trying circumstances, but we also see that God's invisible hand was behind them all. Joseph's life is an example of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We pick it up in Genesis 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Potiphar was the captain of the guard and officer of Pharaoh. Now, this Hebrew word translated officer can also be translated eunuch, so it's possible he was a eunuch as well. Joseph was separated from his family and all that he had known, and yet the Lord was with him. And that phrase really summarizes all of Joseph's life. It must have just been a comfort to him through this 13 years as a slave, knowing that the Lord was with him. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. God had great plans for Joseph, just as he has great plans for you and me. But before Joseph could rule others, he first had to learn to serve. Therefore, Joseph had to take orders and do what he was told, whether he felt like it or not. Sadly, Many adults today have never been taught the discipline of service. They walk off job sites when their boss tells them to do something they don't want to do. But no one is fit to lead who has not first learned how to serve. Joseph showed no resistance in humbling himself and serving his Egyptian master. He knew that the best way he could serve God in this foreign culture was to serve Potiphar faithfully. And Potiphar recognized a good servant when he saw one. More than this, he recognized that the Lord was with Joseph and blessed him in everything that he did. Potiphar placed Joseph over all that he had, and God blessed his house and field for Joseph's sake. So Potiphar turned away from minding these things and trusting everything to Joseph. As children of God, we should be people of absolute integrity on the job. We should put in a full day's work, be honest, not steal from our employer by claiming to work more than we actually work, 
keep ourselves from company gossip, and be willing to do whatever our boss asks of us. These are qualities that impress most employers, so we shouldn't be surprised if we get raises and promotions and God prospers us and may even prosper our employer as a result. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. Joseph was a good-looking young man, Potiphar, being the captain of the guard and possibly even a eunuch, may have been considerably older than his wife and unable to have normal relations with her. His wife noticed Joseph as he came inside performing his duties, and the lust of the eye held her in its grip. Finally, she boldly said, lie with me. Now keep in mind, Joseph was in his sexual prime. He was hundreds of miles from home in a heathen culture where no one back home would know what he was doing. I can imagine Potiphar's wife coaxing him. This is normal for us Egyptians. Everyone is doing it. Hey, what happens in Egypt stays in Egypt. This would have been a strong temptation for any young man. But we see five ways that Joseph resisted and overcame it. Verse 8, But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. The first way we see Joseph resisted this temptation is he considered the great trust that Potiphar had placed into his hand. How could he then betray that trust? Loyalty to others is important, and especially toward those who have invested in us in some way. Joseph could not violate that trust and harm Potiphar. Then he said, how can I do this great wickedness? So the second way we see Joseph resisted the temptation was that he considered adultery a great wickedness. The law of Moses had not yet even been given, but Joseph knew that adultery and fornication were evil. The law of God was written on his heart. Our problem in our culture is that we have lost the ability to call something a great wickedness. People want to justify what they are doing by saying, don't judge me. But white is white and black is black. Right is right and wrong is wrong. The problem is too many people want to live in shades of gray. They don't accept the absolute truth of God's word. If we are going to resist temptation, we must think of sin as a great wickedness and abhor it. We must abandon the relativistic spirit of our age and do what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 12, 9. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Joseph said, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? This is the third thing that Joseph did. He viewed this as a great offense against God. God had been faithful to him when his own brothers sold him into slavery. He had been with him and blessed him even in Potiphar's house. How could Joseph now turn and sin against God? You see, all sin is ultimately against God. As David said in his psalm of confession, 
against you, and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. I know of no greater deterrent to sin than to consider that it deeply wounds the one who loves us the most. Verse 10, so it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her, to lie with her or to be with her. Fourth thing that we see Joseph doing here is that he distanced himself from the temptation. Potiphar's wife would find daily occasion to speak with him. As the servant of the house, Joseph was obliged to respect and listen to her, but he continued to resist her suggestions, and he would not even be with her. Joseph kept at the furthest possible distance away from the object of temptation. I believe it is wise to put up hedges of protection. If you're dealing with a person whom you are attracted to in a wrongful way, then don't give yourself any opportunity to be alone with that person. Make yourself accountable to another Christian whom you trust to intercede for you. If the temptation is an object, such as pornography or drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, credit cards, movies that gratify the flesh, whatever it is that you're trying to stay away from that is the object of your temptation, then put as great a distance as you can between yourself and that thing. Verse 11, but it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. The fifth thing we see Joseph doing here is that when all else failed, he ran away. Sometimes running away is our best option. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, flee youthful us. Matthew Henry said, it is better to lose a good coat than a good conscience. Verse 13. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying, see, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice, and it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. When Joseph finally ran away and she could see that he had effectively turned her down, then the passion of Potiphar's wife turned to rage. As the saying goes, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. She turned the tables on Joseph, saying to the other servant, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. Notice how she refers to her husband as a he and not even by his name or even as her husband. When Potiphar came home from work, she repeated the same story. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. 
No mention is made of Joseph either seeking to defend himself or speaking out against his unjust treatment. There is no evidence that Joseph ever succumbed to self-pity in all of this. He demonstrated the character of Christ. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Joseph was now in the king's prison right where God wanted him to be. It wasn't long before the keeper of the prison recognized Joseph's skills and put the other prisoners under his care. Once again, the Lord prospered Joseph. Our problem when we go through life is that we don't always see what God is up to. Oh, sure, we can look and see in hindsight, and it makes all the sense. And we can look at Joseph's life because we know the end of the story and say, oh, yeah, Joseph, hang in there, it won't be long. But, of course, when you're going through it, you don't see these things. Nevertheless, the Lord does promise to be with us, and he does promise to work all things together for good. Believe that. If you're a child of God, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, believe it. It's true. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, just go to their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. We'd love to hear from you. They say you can't keep a good man down, and this was certainly the case with Joseph. As difficult as life was for him, God kept working in Joseph's life. We hope you'll join us tomorrow as we continue in Genesis on Simply the Bible. 